Get a dog, get outside, get a good desk. What lessons can be learned from people who've worked remotely for a long time? This is episode 382 of the Dan York Report, and this is the third and final part of a three-part series about working remotely. In episode 380, I talked about all the many advantages, the benefits of working remotely. In episode 381, I talked about all of the disadvantages and the challenges that are there. And in this episode, 382, I want to bring it home and talk about some of the lessons that I have learned, but then as I've done in the past two episodes, also some of the lessons that I've that other people have learned that they shared with me on Twitter. To recap again, it was in 1999 that I started working in a remote office for the first time. I worked there for a couple of years, then I worked in an office for about five years. And then in 2005, I moved back into a home office environment where I have worked ever since. It's also important too, as I said in the last episode, that some of the lessons apply more so to people who work in distributed environments, fully distributed environments, than in people who work as like a a small number of remote employees for a primarily office only company. And that makes a huge difference because if you're just one of those random remote employees, you will be treated differently if everybody else is in the office. Whereas if you work for a much more fully distributed environment where most people are remote or a substantial portion of that, it also works differently. And that's perhaps one of the lessons, the first lessons in thinking about if you're going to join an organization and work remotely, that's one of the key questions. Are you one of the, you know, two people out of a company of 200 that are working remotely or are 80 of the, or, or 180 of the people working remotely? What's the difference? That will make a lot of difference in terms of the remote culture that uh, that you may have. So other things I've learned over time, a big one is to have a separate room, ideally with a door, something where you can just go in. has a couple of purposes. One is it is a place that you can just be not interrupted by everyone else. You know, they need to knock on the door or open the door or do something like that. Uh, The other aspect is that it gives you a place to put your work away. You can enter without a commute. You know, you, you need some way to transition. You can enter into that room. Now you're in work mode. When you leave the room, you're not in work mode. You're back in your home or personal life and those kind of things. To me, that's a critical element, you know, and, and when we were looking at houses, we moved to Vermont, back to Vermont in the summer of 2018. And looking at houses for a home office was quite critical and talking to real estate agents in this area. That's increasingly something people are looking for having a good home office, which to me also means having good lighting, having good light, having a good setup for your equipment, all of those kinds of things. And that's perhaps my second one is investing in a good chair and office equipment. I think it was maybe 15 years ago, I bought a, an Aeron chair for an, an crazy amount of money, and it was the most I'd ever spent on a chair in my life. But you know what? That was one of my best decisions because I'm sitting in that chair so many hours each and every day. You know, it was silly uh, at the time. I was like, ah, this is crazy, but it was smart because the reality is that it's, it's, the, um, it's the, what I'm in. Now, I'm not saying you rush out and buy a super expensive chair, but think about the quality of the equipment. Think about your desk. Think about the, the things you have around you, the other elements of, your de- of that. You are going to be living and working in here. 
you know, maybe you don't want to buy the cheapest printer because you're going to have to be fixing it because you are the IT department. Think about getting good equipment. Another key one is, as we talked about on, on show 381, loneliness and isolation is a big, huge part of things. And you've got to find ways to meet people. I'm lucky that up here in the Burlington, Vermont area, there is a, there's a Slack team for people who are involved with high tech, the BTV dev. It's a, it's a community, whole bunch of channels, lots of things. I got connected into that and started to find ways to connect with other people with meetup groups, things like that. Meetup.com has a lot of different groups in this area as well. Uh, somebody in one of these channels started to do regular uh, dinners once a month with other people in the tech community that would move around the whole region so people could go and see different restaurants, but also meet each other in different contexts. Some were easier to get to than others, of course. And that's been a great way to go and and meet other people in the technical community that are around. Odds are, wherever you are, there's there could be some kind of way to work with that. You know, professional groups are also an important one. I've joined a couple here that, that allow me to connect to other people working in my same profession. Now it happens. It's easier for me here in Burlington because a lot of those professional groups, you know, if there is technology things happening in Vermont, they're usually happening in in the Burlington area. There's a few other pockets of things, but a lot of the activity happens in the Burlington area. So I'm able to get to those. Now where I lived in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, before we moved up here, the challenge I had with professional groups was that many of them were an hour away. You know, the New Hampshire High Tech Council would meet primarily in Manchester, Nashua, which were an hour, hour and a half or more to drive to. So it was difficult for me to get involved with those. Another, I think, critical one, too, or one to look at is community groups. You know, there are many in your area. I, uh, I recently started over the past number of months, got involved with, uh, with the local chapter of Rotary International. It's a good group of people that are doing some interesting, good service work. But it also has a couple interesting factors too, which is that it has a regular weekly meeting that's there and you're meeting a group of local people. And so you meet them also in other contexts when you're out in the you know shopping center or you're out in around town, you meet some of these other people in ways that you, uh, you don't because you don't have a local office, right? You don't have that kind of thing. So a key is you've got to find ways to meet people. Another critical element is making time for physical activity, whether it's walks, whether it's running, whether it's biking, whether it's whatever, just getting out and getting up and getting, getting away, you know, getting out there to do that. As I said in the previous show, it's super easy to just sit and become a slug, you know, sit on your chair, looking at your computers, doing your stuff, doing the video calls, and there you are. Similarly, I think it's important to to work in other places, to get out of the four walls of your house. I had a very interesting experience when we moved to, to Vermont because I, after a couple months, I started to feel myself a little stir crazy. And I realized it was because where I had been in Keene, I had a window from my home office looking out onto a street. And it was a, a fairly busy street, people coming and going and different things. And so even while I was looking at my computer out of the corner of my eye, I had people moving. I had movement. I had stuff going on. I had cars moving. I had people walking up and down. I had people biking through other different kinds of things. And I I didn't realize until I moved here, how much I'd come to appreciate that ambient background motion and background noise, you know, just the sounds and things like that. 
where I am now, our house is in a suburb and I have a window that looks out on our backyard and not a lot goes on out there. Today, I got to watch the snowfall, which was cool, but that outside of that, there's not much there. So for me, I found it very valuable to go work in other places, coffee shops, libraries, you know, other venues that have Wi-Fi or that have places, or if you don't need Wi-Fi, you can go anywhere. And, and that's super powerful for me. And I'm, I'm somebody who I actually can get work done at a coffee shop. I had other people say, I can't do that because I get distracted and everything else. I'm actually somebody who can do that. I can sit in a place like that and just have the noise, the people, everything else, and I can still focus. So maybe you have to find a quieter space. My town here in Vermont just recently launched in September a, a brand new library that opened up. It's beautiful. So, and there's some beautiful spaces that I can go to there and work and, and get substantial work done in different places. Another key that I found is to establish and, and stick to a schedule. I mentioned in the, in the call in the previous episode that I, one of the challenges for me is that I could go into my office and start work at six o'clock in the morning and I could still be there at 10 o'clock at night. It's super easy to just go in and, and, and that's just it. You're there the whole time. I, uh, I, you know, I work a, a regular kind of hours that I've set, you know, I generally am online around seven 30 or eight and I generally go off around five 30 or so Eastern time it's there. Now I do shift that when I have different kinds of events and things, but I try to stick to a kind of a regular schedule. It's there, you know, and that's, <laughs> I try to anyway, I try to do that. I also try that when I'm done uh, with the day I leave, I, I, I park my stuff. I go and I, I just, I'm done. I I put my computer to sleep and I walk out and I go to be present with my family and pieces there and setting an end time and sticking to that, I think is critical because again, you're in your house. It's easy after dinner to go and walk back in your office and start doing more or to, you know, bring your laptop and sit in your living room and do more. And some days I have to, I'm in a project driven job and sometimes I have deadlines and I must do that. Overall, I try to make it so when I leave, I leave and I'm, and I'm done for the day and I'm out there. That was super hard for me to get to. And it's something I really try to stick to, but I think it, it is critical. Another thing that I'm trying to do more of is to schedule time to have lunch with people and just get out there and, and meet people, you know, get out for lunch and, and, you know, meet them at some local restaurant or whatever else. I've had this idea that perhaps at some point I try to, I know there's other home office workers around me and perhaps we try to do something where we get together at people's house once a month or something. I haven't done that yet, but the idea is there to go and do that kind of thing. Another critical part, and this goes back to my point at the beginning of what kind of organization you're part of is to conduct meetings as if everyone is remote. So rather than having a room at the office where there's six people, and then you have 10 other people connecting in remotely, you know, or five other, whatever, some number, you know, have everybody connect in remotely. Everybody comes into the Zoom session or whatever video you're using so that you're all there as peers and you're able to work with it. I think that's a really important part to conduct meetings that way if you can, because then it gets away from the the bias that the, the folks in the room have toward you know, nodding to each other, working with each other, or, and it also allows the people there to be on parity with their colleagues who are elsewhere. So 
you know, now I, I have the privilege of, of working in a fully distributed organization. Well, not fully. It's it's majority distributed organization because even when people work in office, in our offices, they often work from home or they're traveling or whatever else. So we're very used to that kind of way. And, and that works great. You know, definitely make use of collaboration tools, things like Slack or Microsoft Teams or any of these messaging products. You know, video is critical. And then another part was, you know, Sometimes if you have a question or you have something at you, you could write it in, in your messaging tool in Slack or whatever. You could do that. Or sometimes you could just drop in on somebody. Well, maybe you might send them a message first, say, hey, can we do a video call or something like that, but whatever. But have that video call because you're having that face-to-face connection in, well, over video. But often what I've found when I've talked to some people later is, you know what, the person that I talked to they actually like that video contact too, you know, because they were also remote employees and having that connection just even for a few minutes, it also helps them. So these are some of the lessons that I've learned, you know, having a dedicated space, finding ways to meeting people, making time for physical activity, really thinking about a, a, a schedule and sticking to it, and then really using the tools you have, finding tools that work, and, and conducting meetings as if everyone's remote. Now, when I asked this out on Twitter, I had a lot of people, you know, come out and say very similar things. But some of the other ones, most people agreed, you know, home office is critical. Multiple people mentioned stand uh, having a standing desk. Uh, a couple people mentioned putting a lock on the door. They pointed out the uh, the good old BBC dad story around the the interruptions that happened in there in the middle of a call, something like that. And, and actually, that's that's actually an important part too, is to set boundaries or to set rules, to set conventions with your family so that they understand that, uh, you know, you can't just be interrupted when you're in the middle of a call or something like that. And, and my family has grown up, my kids have grown up with me working in a, in a home office. So they've come to understand and, and know how is the right way to interrupt. In my new office, it's great because the door's to the side so they can kind of open the door and look in and just you know, see, see, am I available? Those kind of things. But setting those kind of conventions is, is quite critical. Multiple people mentioned the idea of, you know, like get dressed every morning. Although somebody said a counter was never wear anything below the waist. Well, you can do that for yourself, but getting dressed, getting, having those, the disciplines, Uh, somebody else mentioned, I like the wording that they did said, invest in ceremonies. You've no longer got the commute to prep and decompress. So instead, go for a walk or whatever you need to get in and out of the mood. I like that. Invest in ceremonies, that transition that's there. Now, somebody, and this show how different brains work, right? Somebody said, if you're disciplined to have a flexible schedule, do chores throughout the day to break things up and get some exercise, lawn mowing, blowing leaves, laundry, dishes, whatever. It's easy to become sedentary. Now, Somebody else had the opposite approach and said, avoid interleaving house chores with work tasks just because you're physically home. You know, so again, where are you in terms of, is that a useful or do you get distracted and then don't get back to work? What's there? Somebody mentioned again, don't feel you need to be immediately available. Just because somebody can reach you on Slack and send something there doesn't mean you necessarily need to, to do that. Uh, Another person echoed what I just said as far as, you know, going escalate from chat to video call often. It helps with the togetherness feeling. Somebody else mentioned, uh, you know, as a cultural type of thing, you, you shouldn't require 
face-to-face meetings at, at headquarters for th- anything to happen. The processes you have, the things you work with should enable things to happen with remote workers and pieces like that. A couple people mentioned, you know, taking proper lunch breaks, leaving the house for lunch at least three times a week, meeting people for lunch, those kind of things. Someone mentioned background music, making sure you had something that was appropriate and those kind of things. Uh, other variation, setting a finish time and sticking to it, bookend the day with something outside, walk, run, bike, etc. And again, somebody else saying before starting work, take a small walk to separate home time from work time. A key point somebody mentioned was sit with your face to natural light. It looks better than artificial lights and things. And that's actually very true. In my home office, I have a a big fluorescent light on the ceiling, but 90% of the time, well, (laughs) during daylight hours, I leave it off because the natural light coming in from the window to my side is sufficient that it works great on the video cameras. And I look good as far as the, the lighting and things goes. I don't actually like what the artificial light does to my complexion and things just when it goes on there. So I totally agree with with um, with getting natural light. One of the places I go to work sometimes is at our, our town library has these enormous, the new one has enormous floor to ceiling windows just in this whole room. And it's glorious to sit there and just work on my computer and have all this light streaming in on me. And that's just, it's wonderful to go and do that. Somebody else mentioned, find a way to get fresh air into the room, right? Which can be a challenge, you know, especially if you have a home office and you shut the door, you can shut yourself into a little closed space where you don't have anywhere, you know, there's no ventilation. There's nothing like this in the summer, warmer weather. Of course, I have the window open. I let air in like that when it gets to be winter time, as it is now in Vermont in this time of year, November. Uh, it gets a little harder. So I have to make sure I keep that door open sometimes when people aren't in the rest of the house and, and make sure that there is some kind of thing there. Uh, and then again, getting outside was a common thing. There were, there were some other more, <laughs> more funny ones. People said, you know, here was one. When working remotely from other countries, pick a boring background when at a nice waterfront cafe restaurant for your conference video call. <laughs> You know, make sure that people don't understand that you're really in a glamorous place unless you unless you want to flaunt that. But I mean, that that kind of thing was there. Somebody else mentioned uh, watch comedy shows every day as a way of relief. And then somebody did say, get a dog. A dog will provide some companionship and also will force you to get outside or do those kind of things. And then a final note I'll say, which again, reach out to people if you feel isolated. I think that's one of the lessons I've learned certainly is that, you know, the home office life can be uh, isolating. You know, this is my, I guess my 14th year straight doing this, if I do the math correctly on this and, and it can be at times. And it is, I think, important to reach out to people if you do feel that loneliness and isolation and finding ways to do it in some way is so, so critical. So that wraps up what I, uh, what I, see as lessons that I've learned over these many years of, of home office remote working and also some of what people mentioned out on Twitter. You know, I would ask you, what do you think? Are there some things you believe are, are lessons you've learned that we're missing out of this episode, out of the thing that's here? I will, uh, I, I would encourage comments. You can leave them anywhere you see this on social media or at the host place of soundcloud.com slash Dan York. If you go there, I'll also put the link to the Twitter thread around this 
in um, in the show notes on soundcloud.com slash Dan York. And you can go and look at that and, and join into that Twitter thread if you want to, if you have additional ideas, if you have things that are there. So again, thank you for listening. I'd love your comments about this series, episode 380 on the benefits and the advantages, episode 381 on the disadvantages, and in this episode, 382 on the on the, um, on the, uh, the lessons learned. That's what it is. You know, the reality, I think, is more and more people are looking at remote work. I think it's important for us to share these ideas, to share these lessons, to share these things so that we all can learn to work better remotely and to, and to just thrive as people, as individuals in all of these environments. So thanks for listening again. Uh, you can leave comments at soundcloud.com slash Dan York or anywhere you see this on social media. And you can find more of my audio and writing at uh, various links off of danyork.me. Thank you for listening and bye for now.